हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे शील प्रभुपाद की जाए हिज होलीनेस भक्ति तीर्थ स्वामी महाराज की जाए All glories to the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> Hare Krishna. I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor to see and be in your association this morning. My name is Madhvacharya Das. Uh, I am uh, happy to be here and I'm here to introduce the program uh, or at least an aspect of the program. This program is actually uh, a dream come true for us. I'm a disciple of Bhakti Tirtha Swami. My wife, Kunti Devi, my better half, we're disciples of Bhakti Tirtha Swami, as are some others here today. And so as disciples, we're always happy to talk about our guru. It's something that always enlivens us and inspires us. But today's program is particularly special for us for, for two reasons. One is that uh, is the venue of the program. We're here in Potomac, Maryland, New Hastinapur Temple, Potomac, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. was the um, uh, place where Bhattacharya Swami, decades before he invested so much of his life and energy in Gita Nagari, Washington, D.C. was the place where Bhattacharya Swami made his uh, base. This was his... Uh, uh, Western Hemisphere base, his base of operations in the Western Hemisphere. And he invested so much time here in Washington, D.C., preaching and, and, and um, inspiring people. He started a, a unique, innovative preaching program entitled, called the Institute for Applied Spiritual Technology. It, it was urban preaching, something completely, as they say, out of the box at the time. And uh, he did college preaching in urban areas, and the it was very successful. The fruit of that preaching is some of the people that you see around you, including myself. And uh, we, as, as a matter of fact, the Institute of Applied Spiritual Technology continues on today by the prayers and inspiration of Bhaktivedanta Swami. And some of the members here, these beautiful, effulgent, energetic members are here among us continuing the work of Bhaktivedanta Swami. So that this discussion can take place in this venue where he invested so much time and energy is really special for us. And the other reason why it's so special for us is because of the facilitator of the uh, program, His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Swami. Uh, he will be introduced by... Uh, special caretakers of Bhakti Tudor Swami as he made his transition, and that is uh, my senior beloved God sister, Mother Raja Leela, and uh, my wonderful big brother and fantastic Kirtanir Ekavir Prabhu. But I, I just wanted to, I can't miss this opportunity to say one thing about Bhakti Tudor Swami because I have not had the privilege of a lot of a personal association with him, but I have I can honestly say I've never met a more gentle man, a more humble soul. And it's easy to see why 
he had such a profound and unique relationship with Bhakti Tirtha Swami. They're god brothers, of course, of our founder, Charya Srila Prabhupada, but in addition to that, they, they seem to have such a sincere respect for each other, such a uh, sincere, intimate affection for each other and, and appreciation for uh, each other's uh, services and their vision and their personal qualities. So to have him here participating, facilitating this discussion, having him here, having spent the night in Bhaktivedanta Swami's room, rested in his bed, honoring his deities, having him here leading us through this discussion of the legacy of his dear friend Bhaktivedanta Swami just makes this event a dream come true for us. So thank you so much for participating in this dream with your kind and saintly association. We are profoundly grateful to you all. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna devotees. So we don't want to take much of Maharaj's time. We know he's here to share with us so many beautiful, wonderful memories of his friend, him and his friend, Bhaktitya Maharaj, our, our dear guru. Ekavirapu and I will just share a little bit because we've been very um, blessed to have had um, a lot of association, we want to say, uh, from His Holiness, Bhaktacharya Maharaj. I just want to tell a really quick, quick story uh, just before we introduce Maharaj. Um, many years ago, Ekavir Prabhu and I were invited for lunch with His Holiness Tamal Krishna Maharaj in Dallas, Texas, in his house. And um, there were a few of us that were seated at the table at the time. And um, if anyone knows me, I'm a little... Um, vocal and so <laughs> so I so at around the table we're all seated and Marge is there and he's uh, his servants are serving us and I said I just don't know what we did to deserve this honor to be sitting here with his holiness Tamal Krishna Maharaj Maharaj thank you so much and he looked at me and he said you did not do anything it is only the mercy of your Guru Maharaj. So we did not do anything, dear devotees. We are simply blessed by Bhaktivedanta Maharaj to have had the great, amazing fortune to be able to have the association of His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Maharaj in our lives. And so I'll let Ikavira share something. Hi, Krishna devotees. So uh, to um, reiterate... Uh, the gratitude that Madhvacharya Prabhu has expressed, the gratitude from all of you being here in the presence of Potomac Temple, and especially the gratitude for His Holiness Bhakti Charu Maharaj. Um, Bhakti Tirta Maharaj, he really, to say he appreciated the association of Bhakti Charu Maharaj is an understatement. I remember when uh, Bhakti Chiru Maharaj would come to visit us in Washington, D.C. And Bhakti Tirta Maharaj, if anyone knew him, he was really pucker. He, he liked everything had to be spotless and clean. And so we would clean and prepare for Bhakti Chiru Maharaj, and after we cleaned, we cleaned it to what we thought was <laughs> Bhakti Tirta Maharaj's standard. And he walked around, he looked, he said, clean it again. <laughs> And we said, wait a minute, we clean it the same way we normally clean it. 
this personality that's coming must be very dear, very special to Bhakti Tita Maharaj. His Holiness Bhakti Churu Maharaj was a, as Srila Prabhupada was referred to, a Vaikuntha man. Not ordinary, not an ordinary personality that comes in our midst. And Bhakti Tita Maharaj used to always remind us whenever we would have his association that he's not an ordinary personality. And um, when Bhakti Tita Maharaj would go to um, Mayapur and attend the GBC meetings, we understood the special relationship that they had because Bhakti Churu Maharaj would move out of his own room in order to facilitate Bhakti Tita Swami when he would come to Sridham Mayapur. We fast forward and of course and our disciples, disciples of Bhakti Tita Maharaj during the time, the very difficult time of the departure of Bhakti Tita Swami. Bhakti Churu Maharaj was always there in the background supporting us. And after um, Bhakti Tita Maharaj's disappearance, he came to see us and he consulted us. And we were in a dilemma as far as the Samadhis and Gita Nagari and then also in Sridham Mayapur and Bhakti Churu Maharaj he said, don't worry about that. I'm here to support you and it will be done. If anything that, that uh, I can say to you, and I promise you that both samadhis will be done. And sure enough, <laughs> in, Shri, in uh, Gita Nagari, his main disciple, one of his uh, disciples contributed uh, the majority of the funds to uh, the construction of the samadhi. He assisted in the construction and that samadhi is there. In Sridhar Mayapur, the, if anyone has done anything in Mayapur, it's not very easy to get something accomplished in Mayapur, especially if you're not from that area. And again, Bhakti Chiru Maharaj, he said, don't worry about it. I'll do it. It'll be done. And on that uh, inauguration of the Samadhi in, in Mayapur, it was done. And it was, it's one of the most beautiful Samadhis in our movement. And that is all because of Bhakti Churu Maharaj and his standard of excellence and his appreciation for Bhakti Tirta Swami. So as disciples, there's so many, we can talk for many, <laughs> many days. And uh, as an example that one person can't enumerate the glories of Bhakti Churu Maharaj. So I'm going to hand off the, the microphone to my beloved wife. But we are more great, most grateful, Maharaj, for your presence and uh, forever indebted to you. So we'll close, Marge. We, we want to thank you again because Marge, I, I know most of you know, many of you here are his disciples. And um, one of the reasons I learned that we couldn't do the program at the Institute, we didn't do it, is because we wanted to be in that mood of your guru, Marge, to facilitate everyone. And we understood that the Institute house is very small, so perhaps we couldn't have you know, accommodated everyone there. Um, and we, did, we really wanted to have everybody together. That's Marge's mood. He walked in and he said, we're a family. We need to keep this mood of family. And so, um, again, we wanted to share, for some of you that may not be aware, that His Holiness Bhakti Charu Maharaj, he was initiated in 1977, and he received first and second initiation at the same time. And a few months later, he was initiated by Srila Prabhupada, Sanyas initiation. Prabhupada gave it to him. Now, I was reading in the book how there was a time, that, well, some of the devotees, Brahmananda, who by great fortune we also were able to do some service with in Africa. 
and, and they were a little alarmed <laughs> that you were going to get second initiation so early after first and second. And Srila Prabhupada was um, kind of chastising them a little to doubt why he would give Bhaktivedanta Maharaj second initiation, because um, sannyas initiation, because Bhaktivedanta Maharaj was so qualified, has always been qualified. He came, if you read his book, and his book is a delight. Please, if you have not read his book, please read his book. It's just so sweet, every page. And for those diehard Bhaktivedanta Maharaj disciples, there are page, there's a page on there that explains about Bhaktivedanta Maharaj's service in um, uh, Russia, the Eastern European country, Bhaktivedanta and Bhaktivedanta friendship started from those very early days of Bhaktivedanta being a book distributor and His Holiness Bhaktivedanta serving Srila Prabhupada and being privy to some of those letters and the mood of Srila Prabhupada in appreciating our spiritual master, Srila Bhaktivedanta So this friendship is so intertwined and there's so many beautiful nuances to this Vaishnava relationship that, as Ekirapu said, we could spend hours here talking about the glories of His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Maharaj in relationship to Bhaktivedanta Maharaj. However, again, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj, we really want to thank you. We want to thank you for being like a father to us. You've been like a father to Ekirapu and myself. Over the years, you've come to Gita Nagri. Maharaj is always apologizing that he's not been so available for Bhaktivedanta Maharaj disciples, which is kind of true. <laughs> However, <laughs> he, I always say the reason is because he has so many disciples. However, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj's legacy will always live on because there is the Samadhi in, in, uh, in Gitanagri, there's the Samadhi in Mayapur, Shishi Radha Damodar has been blessed by His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Maharaj to have the most amazing, beautiful altar that they sit on now where they give darshan to so many, many, many people. Srila Prabhupada sits in the most beautiful, beautiful Vyasasan in Gitanagri, one of the most beautiful ones in all of America. And so this legacy of His Holiness Bhaktivedanta Maharaj, his kindness, his generosity, his nurturing of devotees from a distance, we deeply appreciate. <laughs> Thank you very much, Maharaj. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, an illustration of what Madhvacharya was expressing about how kind, gentle, and also Radhalila and humble Maharaj is, is just the uh, simple apology that he offers to Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj's disciples and not availing himself. But the fact is, is that he's always availed himself and the onus is on us, the disciples, to actually appreciate the actual kindness and generosity of such a great personality. To, to avail himself to us. So we're most grateful for that. And I, when, we, um, when we planned this event, one devotee, one God brother from Sri Dham Mayapur, <laughs> he uh, was born in, in uh, the Dham, and uh, he was in Mayapur when Srila Prabhupada was on the planet. And he said, it's so wonderful that you're having this program. He said, I remember when his Holiness Bhakti Chu Maharaj came to Mayapur. 
And I saw him, I said, who is this? He's so effulgent. And then, you know, I knew he was so special just by seeing him. And then I left Mayapur, and I came back. And before I left, he wasn't initiated. And when I came back, he had sannyas. <laughs> he said, I knew it. I knew this was a special personality. So, he said, go, hi, go. His Holiness Bhakti Churu Maharaj Ki Krishna, Krishna, Hare, 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 Rama, Hare, Rama, 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 Hare, Hare, His Holiness Bhakti Chiru Swami Maharaj Ki Jai. All glories, it is an honor to be standing before you today. As uh, one of your MCs, I uh, want to also give honor to Shushri Madan Mohan, Sitaram Lakshmanan, and Gauranitai, and Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai. So, I have the duty to tell you what is going to happen today. Someone said, oh, you're going to be MCing. Well, there's no autonomy in this. I'm just doing what I'm told to do. So, but it is an honor. Um, before that, though, I have to tell a very, very short pastime of my own about Maharaj that he may not remember because it was approximately 11 years ago. Rajalila and I were traveling from India. We were actually at the uh, Mumbai airport, I believe, and we ran into you. And at the time, I don't know if you know it, but I was very, very ill, trying to recover from illness, although I'd been taken very good care of at Bhaktivedanta Hospital at the invitation of His Holiness Ratnath Maharaj. And I remember Vrajalila introduced me, and she told you why we were traveling. And you took out one of your cards. And even though you had never met me, and I know you're a very, very busy person, mm -hmm. You said, if you ever need anything, please let me know. And you handed me your card. And it was the sincerity with which you said it. And I've kept that card over the years. And I know that if I ever did really need you and reached out to you in my heart, I knew that you would respond. So thank you very, very much, Maharaj. I never forgot that day. And it had such an impression on my heart. And I just wanted to be able to personally tell you that. And so I'm grateful for this opportunity to do so. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Okay, so let me just remind everyone. The theme for today is spiritual reality is eternal. And so is the spiritual master. And the subtitle, although it's not sub is remembering the legacy of His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Swami. 
And so that is going to be our subject today. I looked up that word legacy, and it actually means something of value that someone leaves behind. And so, of course, His Holiness Bhaktichirtha Swami has left many legacies. Um, his really important legacies are scattered throughout this room. Madhavacharya, Ekavirpabhu, Vrajalila, Yashodamayi, Anasuya, um, so many that have so many talents. And of course, Kunti Devi Dasi, who, along with her husband, give their all in all in terms of keeping IFAS going. And so this is a reminder of the legacy that His Only Bhakti Truth Maharaj has left us. And so the program will go as follows. We're a little bit off, but it's okay. Everything's good. So from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. is supposed to be the part one of the seminar today. From 1 to 3 is Prashadam break. And from 3 to 4 p.m. is part two of the seminar, and that will be an interactive Q&A. And then from 4 to 4.30, there will be a rip-roaring, well, maybe not rip-roaring, but a very, very mellow kirtan with His Holiness Bhakti Chiru Swami. So we look forward to that. <clears throat> from 4.30 to 5.30, uh, BTS disciples will be meeting with Maharaj in Darshan. And then the kirtan continues. Technically, at 5.30, the program ends. Um, 5.30 to 6.30 will be an opportunity for other devotees to have darshan with Maharaj. And then at 6.30, sad to say, uh, Maharaj will be departing and leaving us. One thing I also wanted to mention, because I'm somewhat of a foodie, in terms of prashadam in reading uh, about Maharaj's legacy, at the Ujjain Temple, he has a midday feeding program that feeds 20,000 children every single school day. <laughs> 20,000 children, who some of them, that is their only meal of the day. To facilitate that service, that awesome service, he built a 7,500-square-foot industrial kitchen just to facilitate that service. And one of the very impressive facts is that there are industrial man food manufacturing machines there to facilitate. Now listen to this. How many people like chapatis? We all like chapatis, right? There is a machine that makes 10,000 chapatis per hour. Can you imagine? Hare Krishna. And there were some other phenomenal facts, but I won't go into them, but I just thought that that was just phenomenal. Maharaj, all glories to your service. So that definitely is legacy and legacy in the making. And 
one that we pray will continue because it helps so many people on a daily basis. Hare Krishna. And I will now turn the program over to you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. I wish you'd just continue. <laughs> Thank you. Hare Krishna. Om Agyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chokshurun Militang Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtang Sthapitang Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamaiham Dadati Swapadantikam Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shibashadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare <coughs> Yes, this program also is very, very special to me because for quite some time I had been thinking very guilty for not acting according to the request of my very dear God brother and friend, His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. Just a few days before he left this planet, I went to see him. <coughs> Actually, I went from Washington only. <coughs> I drove into Washington. I flew to Washington, and Henry drove me to Gitanagari. It was just a few days before, and that was the last time I met him. And during that meeting, Maharaj requested me to take care of his disciples and I held his hand and I said sure I will but then in due course of time I could see that I did not really fulfill that request in some areas I did like in England I would make it a point when I go there London to have meetings with Maharaj's disciples but in in America, I did not really do that. One of the main reasons is that those days I used to come to America uh, for very short visits. And anyway, some you know, main thing is that in course of time you forget. Our memory is very short, and and due to various responsibilities and involvements we tend to forget and but from time to time I used to think that Maharaj did request and I used to find out from others how devotees of Maharaj's disciples are doing especially in this area in Washington area which was actually Maharaj's main field of action and then recently I was in a program here and 
Madhvacharya Prabhu and Mother Kunti, I requested them to come and sit in the same table where I was taking prasad. And at that time I actually admitted my feeling of guilt and I told him that I must come. Actually I did come some years ago, used to have programs like Maharaj's, uh, uh, you know, all disciples used to get together, but that program also stopped eventually. Yeah? And I remember it was to be glorious programs, Radhat Maharaj used to come, Chandramoli Maharaj used to come, so, and it's a very nice program. Anyway, so then I told Madhvacharya Prabhu and Kunti Devi that I must come and spend some time here. But the day that we fixed, it kind of clashed with some other program and I couldn't really do it on that day. But I told them that I will, I will come. Jai Shri Radha Madan Mohan ki jai. Jai Shri Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman ki jai. Jai Shri Gornitai ki jai. And then finally we settled for this day. And I'm very happy that I could come and and just, I mean, I'm, all I can say is that I'm feeling very happy to be here, to be with you all. Last evening, as I came in and the time that I spent last night with you all talking was really very enlivening. And... Like, I think most of you know what a remarkable personality His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Swami used to be. I, my first, I got to know him actually through the letters that he used to write to Srila Prabhupada. And the way Srila Prabhupada used to respond to those letters, Prabhupada literally used to wait for those letters from Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. Those days Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj was preaching, distributing Srila Prabhupada's books, placing them in libraries uh, behind Iron Curtain in Eastern Europe. It was a very risky job. And because it was a communist country, they did not, not only they did not accept any infiltration in the form of any religion, but they were extremely paranoid about spying. And, I mean, it was a very, very risky thing that Maharaj was doing because it literally risked his life because if he was arrested, no one could say what could have happened to him. But those days in Vrindavan, I was serving Srila Prabhupada and Maharaj used to write, the letters describing about his preaching in in the East European countries. And Prabhupada used to be so, so happy and even excited to hear those descriptions. And it was not just letters, it was actually the most ad- adventurous stories 
what he used to actually go through. Those descriptions were really adventurous stories. And that is, I, I, that is how first I actually met Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. Not physically, <coughs> but at least I can say in my memory, in my mind, or I can even go to the extent of saying spiritually. And I developed a lot of appreciation for him from that time only. And then I met him in 78, 77, November, Srila Prabhupada left. I was in Calcutta temple, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj came to the temple and we looked at each other and we <laughs> embraced each other. And I told him, I heard so much about you. And he also said, I heard so much about you. <laughs> and I can still feel like his ears were pressing against my ears in a very, very warm and intimate way. And so that's how we met. And from the very first meeting, we developed a lot of appreciation for each other. And today, the other day I was actually uh, <clears throat> lamenting within myself and I actually wrote also to one of my God brothers. Actually I wrote to Indra Dumna Maharaj. I told, I wrote to him that how much appreciation I used to have for Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. But due to our responsibilities, uh, we couldn't, didn't have the time. We all became so busy, we couldn't really spend the time together. But today I lament that in spite of having so much opportunity to associate with such an exalted devotee, I couldn't take advantage of it. And I wrote to Maharaj, <coughs> I also have a lot of appreciation for you and I I don't want to miss this opportunity to have your association so I express my desire to spend time with him. Maharaj also responded very very favorably, very warmly. So this is the thing, our these personalities are not ordinary personalities, they're all very, very exalted devotees. And I will say, not only exalted devotees. I mean, when you read Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj's life, I mean, you can see that he was a spiritual personality who came to this world from that world, from the spiritual world. His, from his childhood, we can see like what kind of what an amazing personality he was and what he did, what he accomplished is also so remarkable. The way he had been appreciated from his childhood by people, that actually indicates that he's a very, very special personality. Not a, not a personality of this world, only a personality from that world gets that kind of recognition. 
After Maharaj left, <clears throat> once I was having a meeting with Maharaj's disciples in New York in Brooklyn Temple. And at that time I expressed my desire uh, to make a movie on Maharaj's life. And those days I was very much involved in movie making. I just completed Abhaicharan series that took me about eight years to complete. And, but that got me involved in movie making. And when you look at, see Maharaj's life, you can immediately see what a brilliant you know, movie it will be. Like a real you know, personality who is who is going to be worshipped in this world for hundreds of years, thousands of years to come. And it's very important that we record it in a movie. But unfortunately it didn't happen for various reasons. Anyway, but that is one, I was about to say ambition, but I would rather say that's a dream that I have and I wish that I can complete it someday. And so today we are here to remember just one simple principle that a personality like Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj may leave this planet, but they are always present. Na jayate mriyateva kadachin. That is the understanding we have. Spirit souls don't take birth, nor does it ever die. The only thing is that most of us do not know that, but a Vaishnava knows. Therefore, a Vaishnava never dies. As Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote about Haridas Thakur, he reasons ill, who says that, a Vaishnava, that Vaishnavas die when thou art still living in your words. Vaishnavas die to live, and living, they spread the holy name around the world. That's a Vaishnava. When they are here, they serve Krishna, they spread, promote Krishna consciousness, they distribute the holy name all over the world. And when they apparently die, that is when they leave their body, they go to the spiritual world to live there eternally. That is a Vaishnav, a pure devotee of the Lord. And so to, in a day, day like this, this is what we actually have to remember. We have to realize a spiritual master is present with the, to the disciples in two ways. Through Vopu, through the physical form, and through Bani, through his instructions. Our physical forms are temporary. In this material nature, whoever appears, whoever is born, jatasahidhruva mrittur, one who is born is bound to die. 
So no one will stay here forever. The spiritual masters appear in the lives of the disciples to inspire them in the spiritual life, attract them towards the spiritual sky, and, and then at some point they leave. And that is actually a test of our spiritual commitment. Because the spiritual master never leaves. In his words, he is always there. In his vani, his instructions, his teachings, he is always there. We also went through that test and it was difficult. It was very difficult. When the spiritual master leaves the planet, I experienced that most painfully. I was with Srila Prabhupada practically 24 hours a day. And especially those last days when Srila Prabhupada was so apparently so sick, we had to be with him all the time. And there was, we didn't know when it was day and when it was night. We were just with him all the time. But then all of a sudden when Srila Prabhupada left, my world became completely empty, completely vacant. I mean, as if there was nothing there to do. And, and naturally that, that emptiness, you know, causes an intense recollections of the days with him and that causes unbearable pain. And, but then one thought actually developed in me. It happened after a dream that I had. I was in Mayapur after Prabhupada left the planet, we came back to Mayapur. And <clears throat> one night I was sleeping and kind of uh, sleeping but fully conscious. It was not a dream. It's just as if I'm not aware of the body, but still I'm fully conscious. And I saw Srila Prabhupada. And I felt that Prabhupada was actually holding on to my tongue. And he asked, Are you chanting your rounds? Are you chanting the holy name nicely? And I had such a, when Prabhupada touched me, <laughs> like I had such a wonderful feeling as if, my whole existence became so, so soothed, so pacified, and and I didn't say anything. But actually, I rea realized that Prabhupada is reminding me that you know, don't neglect your chanting. Keep on chanting with full concentration, full attention. And that morning, as I was remembering the dream i one thought actually dawned in me like i was thinking that something that my mother used to do like when i was just kind of walking but still not quite capable of walking she used to hide herself behind the curtain 
behind the uh, door curtain and she used to make some sound and just to see her, just to get her I used to just kind of walk (laughs) so I felt in a similar way Srila Prabhupada actually apparently disappeared from my vision but Prabhupada is still there and Prabhupada is in urging me to walk towards the spiritual world following him if I just being attracted by him if I follow him then uh, I will I will reach the spiritual world so it was a kind of a test that Srila Prabhupada put us into and in a way this is a kind of a test that the spiritual master puts his disciples that all these days when I was with when I was here, you displayed so much attraction, so much attachment to me. And now, uh, following that attachment, just come to me, come to the spiritual world. Our destination is not here. The platform of our union is not here. The platform of our union is in the spiritual sky. So this is a wonderful realization that I had and I wanted to convey to all of you that someday we all are going to lose our spiritual masters. But we should never think that our spiritual master has gone away. We should rather think that the spiritual master disappeared from our vision in order to, first of all, in order to test us about our commitment to our spiritual life. And if we are really sincere about our spiritual life, we are sincere about our love for our spiritual master, let's just try to find him where he is. And the search to find him will end us up, take us to the spiritual world. So, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj was such a wonderful personality and those of you who had been fortunate to be initiated by him, consider yourself to be extremely fortunate to have a spiritual master like him. He's an outstanding spiritual personality. It is your extreme good fortune that you find a person to guide you in your spiritual life. So I... decided to read something from the Black Lotus. Did you, how many of you read this book? How many of you did not read this book? Yeah, so please read this book. It's a brilliant piece of writing about a personality whose life was extremely extraordinary. Sataraj Prabhu, our godbrother, had done a wonderful job writing this book. <clears throat> I'll read something from part of this book towards the end. Maharaj, this was actually the last chapter after Maharaj's disappearance. <clears throat> Throughout his life, As you have shown, he provided a shining light for those fortunate souls 
who knew proxim who knew proximity of him his siblings friends schoolmates even his mentors martin luther king noted his exceptional character as did his teachers and colleagues in princeton devotees in iskon found him to be a superior to be of superior quality and so did kings and queens of africa but most important it might be argued are the disciples or the people who will carry on his legacy unlike most of iskon's earlier converts bhaktitirtha swami seemed to attract a more seasoned clientele well established professionals such as lawyers and doctors accomplished people who already had directions in life they will carry on his mission his distinct mood of conveying krishna consciousness and will bring great pleasure to their spiritual grandfather shila prabhupad in conclusion it should be noted that iskon's governing body commission recently issued a decree acknowledging complete acceptance of bhaktitirtha swami and his often revolutionary methods of spreading krishna consciousness as one of their leading members this should not come as a surprise still the gesture of an official statement would have meant a great deal to him here then are their exact words reproduced for posterity this is the statement came from gbc governing body commission of iskon the departure of his holiness bhakti tirtha swami to join shila prabhupada's prabhupada's eternal pastime has left iskon devotees worldwide with deep feelings of separation today we reflect on his many extraordinary accomplishments in shila prabhupada's service and recall with deep gratitude the immeasurable ways both great and small that he inspired our krishna consciousness strengthened our communities communities and accordingly touched our hearts during his 33 years of service to the international society for krishna consciousness his holiness bhakti tirtha swami was the founder point this is a point by point was the founder of the inter, of the institute for applied spiritual technology which molded by his hands became powerful in powerful instrument in spreading krishna consciousness next point systematically develop bold and unconventional methods to spread krishna consciousness throughout the world and thus reach those unapproachable by traditional means as a dynamic member of the original bbt library party introduced shri prabhupada's books to universities and libraries in the united states europe and behind the iron curtain with deep conviction and enthusiasm and often at great personal risk <clears throat> wrote two dozen books 
that explore the techniques and substance of Krishna consciousness. <coughs> Sorry. I'll read it from the page. Wrote two dozen books that explore the techniques and substance of Krishna consciousness, winning the acclaim of international experts for bringing his profound spiritual perspective into the fields of leadership and personal growth. Was a spiritual counselor to, to heads of state and developed the art of winning their support to facilitate the, the spread of Krishna consciousness. Was honored with the position of high chief of an African tribe and, the demo, and thus demonstrated his expertise in connecting foreign cultures to Vaishnavism and making them fertile grounds for offering Krishna consciousness. Set a profound example of being strict with himself while lenient with others. Though his unparalleled habits of personal austerity and service and compassion for others was chaste yet broad-minded, chaste to Srila Prabhupada's ISKCON while touching the hearts of those outside of ISKCON and spiritualists throughout the world. Had compassion for suffering souls and tried to help them by offering seminars to honestly confront issues that plague us in the modern world, such as domestic abuse, depression and suicide. <coughs> Provided regular guidance to hundreds of disciples in their spiritual life and was a voice of insight, consultation and inspiration for many God-brothers and God-sisters, was a voice for those who had no voice and was a powerful example to all he met that no obstacle in the world is insurmountable if met with determination, enthusiasm and full faith in the mercy of the Supreme Lord and his pure devotees. Had a powerful and positive influence on ISKCON's governing body commission because he knew the art of dealing with understanding and affection, thus providing that loving dealings are the best way of a society. Thus providing that, live, that loving dealings are the best basis of our society. Showed by his example how to develop intimate and caring relationships among devotees and the importance of providing first and foremost of their necessities in devotional service. <clears throat> in the last stage of his life, he was absorbed in hearing Krishna Katha and he left this world surrounded by loving devotees and the transcendental sound vibration of the holy name. We, the governing body commissioners of ISKCON, express our prof profound bereavement at his passing. We miss him, we miss him deeply as we remember and glorify his exemplary life of service to Srila Prabhupada. May his presence, wisdom and love be felt by all of us for many years to come. 
His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Swami Maharaj Ki And this is the timeline of Maharaj's life. I'd also read that, it's so brilliant. February 25th, 1950. John Edward Fevers is born at City Hospital, which has since been renamed Metro Health Medical Center, located on the west side of Cleveland. 1960 met his first mentor and Bible teacher, Vivian Dubose Jordan. 1963 met Martin Luther King Jr. for the first time while in junior high school. 1966-67 met Martin Luther King again this time more intimately through his work with E. Randall Osborne and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. In 1967, entered Hawken Preparatory School, Hawken Preparatory School. 1968, <coughs> 1968, arrived at Princeton University. 1970, became president of Association of Black Colleagues, AB, Black Collegians, ABC, and founded the Third World Center. Summer 1971, took detailed instructions from Norman Anderson, Uncle Nanda, on non-sectarian spiritual sciences. 1972, Graduated from Princeton University and joined ISKCON. February 16, 1973, became, became an initiated disciple of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, receiving the name Ghanashyam Das. December 2, 1973, received Brahminical initiation from Srila Prabhupada. March 1974, the library's party started in Boston. 1976 made extreme sacrifices in Eastern Europe, distributing his spiritual master's books behind the Iron Curtain and began chanting 42 rounds on Japa every day. November 12, 1977, receiving the Bhakti Shastri Award, which was so which was co-signed by Prabhupada himself. November 14, 1977, Prabhupada left his mortal frame and Ghanasham resolved to be more strict with himself. March 1978 became one of the few Westerners to have ever entered the Jagannath Puri temple in Orissa. <laughs> And you know that's another <laughs> in a real anecdote, you know, the way he was received by the Pujaris, you know, like I mean, they allowed him to em embrace Lord Jagannath. March 13, 1978, accepted the Sannas order of life from Kirtananda Swami New Vrindavan, receiving the name. Bhakti Tirtha Swami. 
1979 visited Africa for the first time and preached vigorously in Washington, D.C., establishing a popular restaurant and founding the Committee for Urban Spiritual Development. 1980 made his mission to Africa a priority. 1981 met the Honorable Pierre Adosema at the United Nations. Pierre Adosama at the United Nations. 1982 was appointed Assistant Governing Body Commissioner for Africa. 1984 was approved as a full GBC member. March 1985 was approved for position of Spiritual Master in ISKCON and adopted the title Krishnapad. 1985 met and developed an ongoing relationship with Kenneth Kawanda, President of Zambia, and Muhammad Ali, world-famous boxer. He also met his Honorable Ayudurai Shivananda, Jambian High Court judge, who, who wore Vaishnav Tilak, Tilak marking while on the bench. Prabhupada actually envision that when will the time come when the judges will go to court wearing Vaishnav Tilak. And here is a person who was doing that. 1986 initiated his first disciples. 1990 was coronated as High Chief of Wari, Nigeria, affecting the lives of millions. 1990 founded the Institution of Applied Spiritual Technology, IFAST. 1994, met President Nelson Mandela of South Africa on several occasions and shared visions and strategies for world peace with him. 1994-95, was made chairman of the GBC. 1995, expanded IFAST to Gitanagari and resolved to build community and work for self-sufficiency. 2000-2004 emphasized global traveling including 20 to 30 country world, world tours in three to four months time, maintaining this pace repeatedly for five years. August 2004 began to feel pronounced pain in his left foot which had plagued him for years. He went for a CAT scan in Detroit which led to an excision of mass performed in Washington DC by Dr. Stephen Kominsky. The mass was found to be cancerous. Winter 2004 Returned from treatment in Hawaii. Well, I can't read after that. So, uh, that was a sudden... I mean, no one even could imagine that, that he had such a severe uh, ailment developing in him. It was actually in the Ratha Jatra Maharaj... was dancing 
And when he was chanting and dancing, I mean, in Ratha Jatra, you remember, he used to get completely drenched with water, drenched with sweat. It used to look like as if he just went and took a bath with his clothes on. And he chanted and danced, danced, participating in the Ratha Jatra. And then in the evening he goes to, experiencing the pain, he goes to a doctor. And that's how it all happened. They found out that he had melanoma cancer. And just in less than two years' time. But I remember the last visit I had, the last darshan I had with him. I went in his room. It was just a few days before. And guess what he was doing? He was dictating letters, uh, replying the letters that he received. He was dictating, his secretary was taking the dictations. And that reminds me of Srila Prabhupada. Even a few days before he left the planet, he was translating Bhagavad Gita. He couldn't turn to his side himself. He couldn't lift his hand himself. In that condition, one of us used to hold the microphone close to his mouth. Pradumna Prabhu used to read the Sanskrit verses from Srimad Bhagavatam. And Prabhupada used to give his translation and Bhaktivedanta purport. Just a few days before. and So, and like, as it is said, a pure devotee is like a touchstone. So he was, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj became another touchstone by coming in contact with Srila Prabhupada. Jai Shri Radha Madan Mohan ki jai, Jai Shri Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman ki jai, Jai Shri Gornithai ki jai. So, <clears throat> yes, huh? the thing that we must, must accept with a shadow of doubt that Bhakti Tita Maharaj is still there through his vani, through his instructions, through his recorded chanting and his lectures and his books, through all that he's still very much present. And it's actually up to us to what extent we are going to accept him. His physical form is only an external frame that enables us to see him, perceive him and interact with him. But that frame is temporary. 
At some point he sheds that frame, but he continues to be there. Here he continues to be there in the form of his instructions and teachings, his other contributions, and in the spiritual world he is there. And if we are sincere about our spiritual life, he will be there to help us, to guide us, to take us to the spiritual sky. And in that context we must remember the wonderful arrangement that Srila Prabhupada has made. Srila Prabhupada created this International Society for Krishna Consciousness, ISKCON, so that the movement will continue even after his disappearance. This institution of ISKCON is very important because an institution is necessary to continue to spread Krishna Consciousness in a systematic way. If that structure is not there, then our preaching will not have such effect. We need a structure. Srila Bhakti Binod Thakur saw the importance of, of uh, such a need. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarishwati Thakur created that structure and very effectively he spread Krishna consciousness all over India. And he wanted the mission to continue. And the way to continue would have been through that structure, through that institution that he created. And But unfortunately, his leading disciples couldn't understand the importance of that instruction he gave, the importance of collective management. It could either be just one person becoming the head. That was the standard previously in the spiritual culture in India. The guru used to have his ashram, and in that ashram, or ashram is the institution, in that institution or in that ashram, the guru is to educate his disciples. And then when he would retire, he would hand the ashram over to somebody, one of his disciples, and he would become the successor. And... Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur saw the need of an institution that would continue the mission that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu envisioned, that it would spread all over the world. And therefore he did not see the, the, the need or necessity or even a possibility of appointing or handing it over to one person. 
but his followers could not really recognize that couldn't understand two things bhakti siddhanta sharshi thakur didn't mention who would be the successor and bhakti siddhanta sharshi thakur just emphatically told them that manage the institution collectively through a governing body <clears throat> but his many of his leading disciples actually considered how can a spiritual institution be maintained by a group of managers for a spiritual institution we need a spiritual head and they appointed a spiritual head but unfortunately that person had spiritual difficulty and when he fell down the structure collapsed Shila Prabhupada, I would say, was the only person who recognized the need of the real structure and the way Bhakti Siddhanta Sharshitakar wanted it. And that's why when he started the institution of ISKCON, uh, one of the first things they did, small little center, uh, 26 Second Avenue, but he named it as International Society for Krishna Consciousness, huh? small little storefront, <laughs> but a huge name for that. The International Society for Krishna Consciousness. The lawyer who was registering the the name didn't mind. Okay, the international part of it, but he had his doubt about Krishna Consciousness. So he told, I mean. Krishna consciousness, no one will understand. So you better call it God consciousness. But what was Prabhupada's response? No, Krishna consciousness. I have come here to make everybody understand that Krishna is God. They speak about God, but they don't have any understanding of who God is. And so that's how uh, Shri Prabhupada emphatically uh, established his con. And soon after that, what did he do? Formed a governing body with eleven of his disciples, and he himself made a member of that governing body. He was a member with a single vote, and so this is how Anshul Prabhupad trained his devotees from that time, from the early stage. To how to function collectively, and and also then before leaving the planet, Prabhupada made it clear: don't make the same mistake that my god brothers made after Guru Maharaj's disappearance. He wanted them to collectively manage the institution. to the governing body but they didn't do that and as a result of that the structure collapsed and when the structure collapsed preaching stopped so don't make the same mistake meaning manage the institution through the collective concept of management and then he made himself as the founder acharya the head of the institution for all time and he would remain always the head of the institution not only the founder of the institution but the acharya of the institution as well 
And as a result of that, we can see today hmm, about uh, 43 years, 44 years, I'm sorry, 42 years after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance, the institution is intact and it's expanding. Just because of these two aspects, the concept of collective management and the permanent head of the institution, Srila Prabhupada, then Prabhupada will remain the head of the institution as long as ISKCON will be there. And ultimately, what does it actually mean? It's not an institution, it's a spiritual family. We are in a spiritual family. Just as in a family, everyone has relationship with each other. In this structure, in this family, uh, spiritual family, we have relationships with each other. And that is where our real strength lies. That is where our spiritual security lies. When other members are there in the family to support us, then everyone else feels secured. Everyone else feels that, oh, I don't have to worry about anything. My uncle, my father may have left, but the uncles are there. My cousins are there. So this is how our spiritual life remains secured. And this is how not only our spiritual life is secured, this is how the Krishna consciousness keeps on spreading all over the world. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that this Krishna consciousness movement will spread all over the world in every town and village. And we can see that Srila Prabhupada was sent to make that into a reality. And this arrangement of Srila Prabhupada in the form of ISKCON is the means to continue that mission for generations to come, for thousands of years to come. So, we all are very fortunate and it's very important that we develop our familial feelings. We all are related to each other. Let us be there for each other, especially at the time of difficulties. And so, personalities like Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj came to grace this institution, received a lot of mercy from Srila Prabhupada, achieved a lot for Srila Prabhupada, and remembered by millions all over the world due to his wonderful contribution to this world. So let us recognize our appreciation or let us display our appreciation for Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj by following the example that he established. He used to be extremely broad-minded. He was very generous, very loving, very caring. So let us also display that loving and caring attitude to the devotees around us. 
And let's create a real spiritual family. That's what is needed. We must recognize that what causes the division, what causes sectarianism, uh, it's our envy generating from false ego. I am the best. That's the false ego. I am the best. Hmm. Therefore, uh, it all starts from there. Me and mine. Ahang mamiti. Me and mine. But the spiritual concept is completely different. Everything for Krishna. And time and time again, Prabhupada pointed out that uh, though today's the world is becoming divided. Because of this selfish concept. Uh, me and mine. Prabhupada often used to criticize about UN very, very strongly. United Nations. Prabhupada used to walk by the United Nations during the morning walk. And he used to say that each time I come here, I see that the numbers of flags are increasing. Indicating that the world is not becoming united, the world is becoming divided. Uh, more countries are becoming divided. And Prabhupada pointed out, they'll never succeed because they're acting on the platform of envy. They're acting on the platform of false ego. Uh, me and mine. And so when that concept of me and mine is there, where's the question of unification? We can only become united when we recognize that everything belongs to Krishna. And we all are servants of Krishna. And in the Krishna in the center, we all are related to each other. We all are brothers and sisters. And then only uh, we can become united, developing that loving relationship with each other. We all, at least our identity is that we all are followers of Srila Prabhupada. We all are members of one family, that is ISKCON. So let us not consider like whether uh, I have a, whether my group is my gurus, my god brothers, centered around my guru, my god brothers, god sisters. Even then you can see you can't become united. You start to fight. This is the age of Kali. Kali means this is the age of uh, this is the world of false ego. Uh, false ego means I am the best. So if I can act on that platform, I am the best, uh, then what will be the thing? I am better than you. I am better than you. <clears throat> so it is inevitable that we will develop this kind of concept of separatism. Separatist mentality. So let's forget that. Let's recognize. Doesn't matter uh, who is our guru. Let us recognize, on the other hand, that different gurus are there. They are god brothers of each other. They are each other's god. They are god brother. They are brothers. So if they are brothers, then what's my relationship with them? They are my uncles. They are my aunts. And the family is with Srila Prabhupada in the center. 
at least we have to develop the family with Prabhupada in the center. Uh, I mean, we can make it, at some day, the time will come when we'll develop the family with Krishna in the center. That's the ultimate goal. Vasudhaiva Kutumbakam. This whole earth planet, Vasudha, is one family uh, with Krishna in the center. But it'll take some time. <laughs> so let's at least work on that <laughs> platform of let's all become related to each other with Srila Prabhupada in the center. We all belong to one family, Iskon family, and let that be our identity. Mm. And also on parts of our uh, God uncles and aunts, uh, I will say that uh, we have to become more affectionate. Uh, we, should, we also shouldn't think, oh, they are not my disciples, so I don't have any responsibility towards them. Like, uh, on the other hand, the attitude should be, like yesterday, I was telling Mother Brajalila, Mother Brajalila was telling me that uh, I have so many disciples. She was telling Maharaj, you have so many disciples. And my response was, maybe, but you all are very special. <laughs> like Prabhupada once said, the grandfather is more affectionate than the father. <laughs> then I can at least say that the uncles should be as affectionate as the father, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> I remember I used to get more affection, more candies, more chocolates from my uncle than the, from my father. So, so in reality, in, if that feeling is there, that genuine loving and caring attitude is there, then that is what it will come out like. Yes, to my disciples I am heavy because my responsibility is to train them, correct them, but to my nephews and nieces, <laughs> I at least I would say I will admit I should be more affectionate. <laughs> and I'm uh, I know one thing that if I act in that way with that understanding, I at least know that Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj will be pleased with me. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande Hari Hari. Does anybody have any question or uh, <clears throat> okay, so if there is no question then I will rec yes. Somehow, the Pujaris became very impressed to see him. And actually, their understanding is that all foreigners are white. <laughs> that actually gave him the special privilege. <laughs> that and so, you know, you know, like, and Maharaj was so, you know, such a, you know, brilliant personality. So, you know, they have, they must have seen that brilliance in him, you know, like a very, you know, outstanding spiritual personality. So, hmm. 
they uh, they told him to come and embrace Lord Jagannath. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The secret is develop a heart that is as pure as his and as broad as his. <laughs> so... Okay, so please conclude the session. Mm -hmm.